Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. I am Shelly Rael, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and host of this podcast. And this is episode 50 of this podcast. This means that we are coming up, or I am coming up, on the one-year anniversary of the first release of the Real World Nutrition Podcast. So I'm going in a little bit of a different direction this week in this week's episode, just to address some things about why I do this podcast, how I got here, and get some information from you on what you would like to hear, and share a little bit on how I can help you. So as I said, this is episode 50, which means I've put out 49 other episodes addressing topics that I've gotten over the years in the sense of common questions that I get over and over and over again. So let me go back to the beginning of my career and tell you a little bit about me and how I got started in this area that brought me to this podcast that you listen to. So I have been a dietitian. I got my credential in late 1999. And going back to that time, I'll just tell you that year prior, I got my very first cell phone. It was one of those Motorola brick cell phones, just to give you some perspective on how far we've all come since that time. And since I became a dietitian, I have worked in several areas, but one of the biggest areas that I, I should say, the areas that I worked in the longest and where I started was an employee wellness program. It was a worksite wellness program that I worked in. And at the time I started, the big trends at the time was the Atkins diet. And I'll just say, Dr. Atkins started his dieting information in the early 70s, 1973, I believe it was. And I actually read the book that came out in 98 or 99. It might have been 97, but I read the book in 99 and realized that most people had been just going by word of mouth or reading only portions of that book because over my winter break, I read the book front to back and found that a lot of people had no idea what I was talking about when I referenced certain things in the book. Now, some of the other things that were popular at the time, and this again, late 90s, is the Sugar Busters diet. You may not remember that one. Um, the other big diet at the time was the Eat Right for Your Type, and that was a blood type diet. But just making a point that some of the things that we're still talking about in 2022 were popular back in 1999, 2000. And while the names of these things may have changed, or what we call them, the overall concepts have not changed that much in the sense of what is the diet to follow? What is the weight loss plan to follow? And I point out that even though we're calling them something different, people are still searching for this elusive diet or apparently elusive diet for weight loss. 
Now, I'm going on a weight loss tangent just because that is the sense of or what is a common thing in the field of nutrition and in my world. Now, today, it is more common to hear about people who are anti-diet dietitians or non-diet dietitians and then a sense of being comfortable with the weight you are at. Now, I address weight loss. I still do. And even though it may not be what others consider the right thing to do, I acknowledge that a lot of people are still wanting to talk about this, want to address it. And so I do work with individuals on, as my um, website says, improved health, wellness, and energy without dieting, and acknowledge that there are some people who do want to address their weight, whether it's personally or for medical need. So I do address this. And I'll just mention a little bit more in this area that why I use the expression or the term real world nutrition is because a lot of the quote diets out there are highly restrictive, have lists of foods that are off limits or days of the week that you can't eat or this whole list of things that you can't do. And I go from a different approach, and I'm not unique in this, but this is my approach and always has been, that all foods can fit. Obviously, if you are allergic or have an intolerance to something, we're not going to tell you to have that food, but there's no reason if there's a food you like and enjoy and can tolerate, why can't you eat it? You can and still be healthy. There's just an approach to it in the sense of let's make sure you get all those foods that you should have, the fruits, the vegetables, the appropriate grains, that sort of thing, and still be successful and still eat in the real world. So let me talk about another area that I work in. So I was in worksite wellness for 13 years and left that specific setting to open my own private practice and I do contract work. But one of the things that I started doing in the fall or sorry, not fall, it was the winter or January of 2010 is I became an adjunct or part-time faculty member at my university where I taught nutrition classes. I still teach at my local community college nutrition classes, sports nutrition classes. And some of the uh, topics that you hear on the Real World Nutrition podcast come directly from questions I get from students every single term. And that is, I didn't know carbs were actually good for me because carbs are a nutrient, not a food group. That was one of my earliest nutrition, real world nutrition podcast episodes. People are surprised they're supposed to eat carbs to fuel their body. People are surprised that they can eat fat because we do know that there are healthier fats and not so healthy fats and how to find the balance there. People are surprised that they're not supposed to have mostly protein to build muscle. They learn that they have to exercise to build muscle. And if just eating a lot of protein built muscle, I'd never step foot in the gym again. But that's not how it works. 
So there's lots of things, and I just touched on a couple of things here as I address real world nutrition topics. What a lot of people assume or have picked up off the internet, which isn't entirely accurate. So going back to earlier in my career, I'll just say blogging was not mainstream. I was going to say it wasn't a thing, but I'm sure some people did it even back in the early 2000s. But what I did have in my work there was a nutrition newsletter. So I'd write an article and then email it on a listserv to uh, people who were interested. And that became when I started doing some, what I didn't call it then, but it was real world nutrition topics from addressing caffeine was the one that I remember the most because a lot of people made comments on that. Um, And then I blogged a lot many years ago when it was really became a big thing. And now on my current website at ShellyRyle.com, I have a blog that I post an article twice a week. So every week I have two new articles, mostly every week. Once in a while I do one article, but it's to just keep addressing these topics that keep coming up. And as I said, there's fads and trends in weight loss, but there's also supplements. So there's this latest magic supplement that'll allow me to change four dress sizes in two weeks. I've really been seeing ads for that. And we get the celebrity trends and the celebrities promoting supplements and so many things come and go. And as I said, they do tend to come back in different iterations. So one of the things that I also address is I say I'm a nutrition myth buster. So I have um, somebody who says they're doing the keto diet. And I look at it because I recently addressed a menu for a child who needed the ketogenic diet. And um, that has a therapeutic use in a very specific setting in a medical setting, and not one person that I have met, an adult who's doing the trendy keto diet is actually following the true ketogenic diet. And it's not something I recommend. It's really difficult to follow. It's really difficult to do. And it's not something somebody can do part time, like just do it a few days a week. So I just wanted to, I had to throw that in, mention that. Over the years, I've done videos as well. So I've pretty much done all the mediums here from the written to the audio to the um, audiovisual in the videos. So I do have a YouTube channel that I address these things. And it's more just to share with you. I've been doing this for a long time. So some of the more recent topics that um, people have been asking me about or coming up is counting macros, which is I addressed that in one of the podcast episodes as well. And that's something where if you want to count something, eh, calories might be easier. And maybe more specifically, making sure you're getting all your food groups. Another thing that I have addressed, or I haven't addressed it in a specific podcast episode, but I do talk about it on occasion, is this idea of detoxing or cleanses. Now, One of the things I do as a contractor is a couple times a month, I go to um, one of the detox facilities located in my city in the sense of these are individuals who are going off of alcohol 
and drug use. And I teach classes in their transitional area where they're getting ready to go back out into the real world, you know, living on their own. And we call it um, supportive aftercare. And I teach them about meal planning, budgeting, nutrition, and various health topics specific to them. So I mentioned that because when I hear people talking about, oh, they need to detox because they had a steak the other day, it's almost offensive to individuals who are truly detoxing from substances. But detoxing is not something most people need to do because we have organs, organ, not the state, things inside our body, liver, kidneys, and even the lungs that help do that for us. And if you're eating in a way that you have to detox weekly, monthly, annually, I tend to say, why don't we address the eating? Because detoxing isn't really something that's necessary for most people because they're just eating. And I also want to mention some other things. Uh, vegetarianism. I laugh. I'm only laughing. I'm laughing here um, in my little podcast studio because I support individuals who would like to follow a vegetarian diet, a vegetarian lifestyle. But some people will think it's a cult. It's not. And if you choose not to be vegetarian, uh, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Nobody's going to arrest you. Although there might be some real extreme groups out there that may be offended by somebody calling themselves a vegetarian and they still eat fish. But it's not something I choose to do. However, I do support those who would like to go that route. And I've addressed this in a podcast episode two, plant-based versus vegetarian. People started using this term plant-based in the last few years, might have been a little longer. And I was confused by what that meant because my diet is plant-based in the sense of most of the foods I eat come from plants, though I do still do eat foods of animal origin. But this is something where this idea of plant-based is somehow vegetarian or even vegan. And then I had somebody who said, um, specifically asked me if I promote a plant-based whole foods diet. Or I said, yes, I, of course, I do support a plant-based diet because that's what we should be eating. About three quarters of our foods should be plant sources. And I don't care where you go shopping. Now, she didn't get the joke about, you know, whole foods diet. But by me sending an email newsletter at one point that mentioned eggs are just fine. That's another podcast episode. She got very offended by this and unsubscribed, which I don't, I don't really care if somebody unsubscribes or doesn't listen or pay attention to what I have to say. That is completely fine. It's just, there's no wrong way to do these things, or there's no right way to do these things. So I have talked about the concept of a perfect diet. It doesn't exist, no matter what people might think. So I just want to mention some of these things. There's lots of things I do. As I mentioned earlier, I do work with individuals on weight loss, if that's the route they want to go. I do work with individuals who want improved health, wellness, and energy without dieting in the traditional sense. And the health aspect, 
I help people they who want to improve their overall health because things have caught up with them in the sense of they may have learned that they have high blood pressure or prediabetes or diabetes or high cholesterol. These are all health issues that are often able to be addressed with nutrition and other lifestyle factors. There is so much in this field of nutrition. I love it and it is always changing. I'm a lifelong learner. And when I say it's always changing, it's not on a whim. It's not because we're up and deciding to change our minds that eggs are bad, eggs are good, eggs are bad. Eggs are totally fine to eat. It's just that science is really helping us better understand how food impacts our overall health. And as I tell people, I'm not out to necessarily help you live longer but I want to help you live healthier longer. If you're going to live to be 90, you want those last 10 years to still be as good as they were earlier and still be able to function on your own and do things. So real world nutrition, it's getting past the hype, adopting a way of eating that's sustainable, something you can do no matter what is happening in your world provides you the nutrients that you need. It's not shaming you because you're not choosing organic or you're not choosing the non-GMO foods or it's not the latest trend that you heard about on the internet. It's okay if you want to be vegan. It's okay if you want to eat animal foods. It's okay to not spend a lot of money or go to a specialty store on your groceries doesn't mean anything other than you're being aware and smart. And it's okay if you go out to eat and dare I say, once in a while, you want to just get a burger from McDonald's. It's okay. Nothing's going to happen if you do that once in a while. You know that good food and healthy food can be the same just because something's healthy doesn't mean it doesn't taste good. I tell people it doesn't taste like cardboard, or at least I don't think it does. I don't recall ever eating cardboard. There's not a right and a wrong way to eat, and it's okay. We can get over the dogma of that. So what I would like from you, tell me, what are those questions that you have? What is the burning question you would like to, for me to address on a future episode of the Real World Nutrition Podcast? I have a link to a very short survey where you can ask me your top three nutrition questions and you can post it with your name or you can do it anonymously. I would love to hear from you. Of all the things that I do and I mentioned is that I also have a weekly email newsletter. I send it out each week on Fridays. If you are interested in signing up for that, I will provide the link in the show notes for that as well. And I have some exciting things coming in the fall of 2022 to help individuals who are very much interested in learning more about real world nutrition and personalizing it to them. So I invite you to sign up for that newsletter and you will, the newsletter, and I will be announcing when that is released in October. If you're listening to this after October, 2022, still head on, head on over to ShellyRiel.com 
and take a look at what is happening at the moment. You may still be able to join in that upcoming programming that I have, even if it's already started. That is my 50th episode for Real World Nutrition, telling you a little bit more about me, what I do, and how I really just have a passion of serving people and helping promote real world nutrition. Again, that's it for this week. Bye for now.